and we are recording. What's up, guys? Thank you for taking the time to do this. We have uh, Sri Hari and Vishwanath. Is this hey the where you say hi or you know you say something? <laughs> Thank you for having us here, man. Thank you for having us here. Yeah, oh, it's man, been great it's, to catch up. Yeah, no, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a ball. I've been looking forward to this for a while, and uh, and I'll have you know the first podcast I did was with Subu. And I shared it with a bunch of people from our uh, from Amrita, and they've loved it. And I'm expecting that they're gonna they're gonna love this one as well. But it depends on how many controversial things Harry says. But uh, we'll uh, that, we'll that, take that, it. That's Lord Harry to you, but okay. <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, before we start, man, I mean, uh, I'd love to uh, if you guys could do like a quick little intro. Vishnat, go ahead. Oh yeah, thanks. Um, hey, my name is Vishwanath. Um, I am from Hyderabad, and then like I did my undergrad with Gautam over at Amrita. And after doing my undergrad at Amrita, I worked with Gautam again at this <clears throat> challenging workplace, <laughs> data analytics firm called Musicma, for a few years. And um, yeah, like I really enjoyed the world of data science, and I really enjoyed the techniques that you know you can do in that sp- uh, space, but I didn't really want to help rich companies get even richer. So I then switched streams and I did my master's in public policy from um, the Harris School of Public Policy at the University of Chicago. And I'm working as a research assistant here now. Wow, what an intro. I mean, he's clearly practiced this. But uh, <laughs> I got to say, you left out a pretty important detail, Vishwanath. The fact that we've lived together for five years. I don't see why you didn't think that was important to bring up. Oh, fuck. Sorry. <laughs> Oops, yes, Gautam and I have lived together for five years where he's been this constant thorn on my side. <laughs> and uh, and given, uh, given some new information that's come to me, it seems uh, all of it makes a lot of sense to me now. Why, why we lasted uh, five years together. Why we lasted uh, five you You know why, Gautam. You know yes, why. Yes, I know why. But uh, thank you. Thank you, Imani Venkata Subramaniam Vishwanath. Thank you for that introduction. Thank you, Gautam Nair. <laughs> but let's move on to the most controversial guest of the day, uh, Mr. Srihari, or as he's known as to a, few sel- a select few, the bunny. I will tear you down for that. But <laughs> Okay, so my name is Srihari Seshadri. You can forget the surname. Bunny. Even I forget the surname. Um, <laughs> just call me Hari. And uh, I started, did my undergrad in Amrita School of Engineering with the, with the other two in the same call. Although I was in electronics and communication, so you know, generally most successful in my career. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> after, <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. Okay. After graduation, uh, I worked for a, a research and development company called iMac, where we did hyperspectral imaging of random things, starting ranging from lungs to salt, and uh, I think some leaves in between, which was really fun. Then, then we formed a startup called Spectral Insights, which I don't think is alive anymore, but at the same time was insanely cool. We did medical imaging and histopathology and generally like cancer analytics. And uh, then I decided that it's about time I went back to school and I joined the same university Vishwanath did, <laughs> University of Chicago, joined the MSc analytics program, graduated earlier this year. And now, to quote someone else in the call, I now help rich companies become richer. <laughs> But uh, and fantastic and Yeah, exactly. Right. I oh, was yes. to that. The fact that you <laughs> left out. But you left out a very... Imp- Actually, you know, it's not that simple. You can't just boil it down that simply. Harry didn't live with us. Harry moved in without us knowing. 
And then one day, one day we realized, fuck, we have five people in this house instead of four. <laughs> to be fair, I, do, I was paying rent in another place. <laughs> that doesn't change things. That doesn't change the fact that you lived in the house. You used our toilet, you ate our food. <laughs> and you didn't even pay rent. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I did pay rent, just not at the same place. <laughs> Like, it's all the bottom line, man. <laughs> it makes sense now why you would not bring that up because clearly that's a that's a story on its own. And uh, I thought that was a great place for us to start, you know, because I thought. Uh, so I've been I've been thinking about that that year year and a half that we all stay together, and yes yes this is the one thing that pops out to my mind when every time I think about it. How the hell did we get out of that alive? Especially me, I think I was a little, little more on the reckless side than you guys, but, but really a little, a little, <laughs> a little bit, but, uh, but really, I mean, uh, so man. for for the listeners, when Gautam says a little bit more reckless, what he means is the rest of us would just, you know, like I don't know, probably get drunk once in six months or something. Gautam would come in every month with some kind of horrific injury or the other after a road traffic accident. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he means by a little bit more reckless. I mean, how horrific were they? I mean, I'd, I'd need you a spray You had bandage. a scar down your entire back. Yeah, that one was pretty bad. But, <laughs> but really, uh, I, I've been thinking, man, that, and I thought we could like maybe invest some time to talk about that, that first year of working, you know, right out of, right out of college. Um, and just really that, how do you, how would you say that transition was to go from like, uh, from that life in Amrita to actually being an adult or being expected to be an adult in, uh, in the real world? Hmm. Um, okay. You want I mean, to like, well, yeah, sure. I mean, um, one, nothing that I learned was almost nothing I learned was applied. So I guess we'll get that out of the way. And the same thing is for grad school, uh, but it was fun because I was working with a pretty small, tight team of extremely well-qualified people. And almost every day made me just get, like, just get surprised that, oh my God, there's like so much more I could learn, so much more I could do. Yeah. And uh, like every new guy entering into industry, I just threw myself into it. Worked for maybe, I don't know, 10 hours a day just because I enjoyed what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And realized that this is the phase where I'm going to accept every single thing that comes in my way and hope that I find out the things that I want to do as opposed to just being, as opposed to, you know, just saying like, okay, I studied at ECE. So I want to work specifically on uh, signal processing algorithms or anything else like electronics, which I was never really good at. Let's be obvious about that. Honest about that. I mean, I know nothing about it, so I, I, I can't even <laughs> begin to gauge your uh, skill set. But uh... Oh, I'm amazing. But, <laughs> but, but, but I think it was more about, for me, it was just more about just generally exploring and really understanding the depth of things out there and the breadth of things out there. Because school's academic, it's theoretical. It, they teach you the underlying basics, right? But you hardly ever apply just the basics when you get out. And you hardly ever understand how much each basic can fit into all the applications out there and what all is out there. So I was on an exploratory phase for the first whole year. Six months as an intern, there are many six months as an employee. But like, and, um, yeah. I mean, when it, comes to, when it comes to your personal side as well, like what was like, did you see a drastic change in, uh, in what it was like the first year out? Absolutely. I initially thought I was incredibly lucky. Um, 
my ego also shot up across the roof because I felt like, oh, wow, I'm doing so much better than my friends. Yeah, yeah, we saw that. <laughs> we, we all experienced that. <laughs> you all felt that, I know. <laughs> I have humbled down slightly. Sure, uh, sure. You just, you just shit on both your undergrad <laughs> and your master's university. <laughs> and you have humbled down. I have never chat on any of them. I just said that I never said there in the knowledge wasn't valuable. I just said I couldn't use most of it. So it's more like, um, how do I put this? Personally speaking, I think I was starting, I was trying to find what it means to be a working professional in a way, as in like, how do I react to people? As in, how do I conduct myself outside? Because once you, when you're a student, you have, at least personally, I think like you have a lot less at stake when you're a student and a lot more at stake outside when you're a working professional. So how, what, what's my conduct going to be? What my responsibilities are? Who do I answer to? How do I want to, do I want to meet my professional team outside personally? And mm-hmm. uh, general personal growth would be like, if you see someone who's entering into the career, let's say about one year after you, like uh, who's younger than you, how do you want to treat them? Do you want to, do you pick up any lessons on the way you were treated? As an intern, or do you no, want to just? It's a, it's a tricky, tricky spot, and I can uh, maybe I, I experienced that because you could see the someone who's just like a year, year and a half senior, struggling mm-hmm. with this power dynamic, you know, because they're, like, they're trying to figure out should I be an ass to this person or should I be nice? <laughs> because I'm not sure how to. Should I be the boss man or should I be should I be the nice guy who which I never got? But uh, <laughs> but uh, speaking from personal experience, I was not ready, man. I was not ready to be an adult. And I think you guys face the brunt of that because I might have acted out more, more because we all stayed together. But uh, to give you a prime example, right? I didn't know what net banking was till oh. I joined Fresh Menu. I was paying. Uh, Wait, really? I, I was really? paying shake. I was paying shake the rent by withdrawing cash and giving him four k a month. What? I did not know. I, I don't remember this, or I didn't know. I didn't use what? net banking at all. I had no idea how to connect a connect another bank to my bank I, I, it, it, and I couldn't I, I couldn't give two shits about it like I, I was just like I don't care I'm just like living my life I mean but yeah I mean, I'm the son of a banker so I could have helped but okay cool oh. <laughs> but you Vishana, tell me man what, what was yeah. it like for you 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 lived a very disciplined life in general so um, you know it's funny though because I will say this um, and I think Gautam this is like very salient for you and for me more so than for Harry but the big thing for me was just the sense of independence and freedom you got moving out of the hostel and moving into your own apartment. Oh, absolutely. That, that was like this one moment. It's a very innocuous moment in almost any other way, but this one moment is almost like burnt into my memory as a score thing where I think it was like 7.30 or something and we were walking back to <laughs> our apartment. <laughs> and the, it was dark outside and I was thinking, wow. I can be outside when it's dark. I can be outside when it's dark. <laughs> I don't have to eat my meals between 4.30 and 6.30. <laughs> I can. And that was just, oh, I can go out and meet other people without having to get a gate pass or without having to get permission from anybody. Yeah, man. man. But uh, for, for all, all its flaws, I've, and I, 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 I discussed this with Subhu as well. It really, like my time at Amrita really made me appreciate the the little things in life the little things right <laughs> like the fact that if you wanted to go out let's say at like eight or something like that and wanted to go down to the store to buy a snack or something you could do that and nobody would stop you you could do um, that, that man yeah 
that independence was one of those things that really you know stuck in my head and that independence is something which really like i mean that's one of the first things which really hit me when you asked this question what it was like to move from being an undergrad to working let me um, financial financial independence was also great obviously but just independence in terms of personal mobility that will always stick with me let me let me paint you guys a picture of an of a night that we have had so many times which will perfectly encapsulate this freedom the oh, fact no. that you could go to the rooftop have a nice cup of green tea between all of you and then walk across to hotel manu and order half their menu and just sit there in complete silence and eat <laughs> or watch watch harry demolish a really spicy biryani is was was the epitome of freedom it was the epitome of chill freedom and chill freedom. yeah that is yeah i don't know if yeah i don't know if i can ever I don't know if, you can't capture sorry. lightning in a bottle right and i don't think we we will be able to capture that again yeah and i mean i think what he said is spot on in that this is something which i doubt i'd have appreciated as much if we didn't go through the amrita hostel together absolutely man absolutely couldn't couldn't yeah. agree more but uh, but yeah you know actually i wanted to post this question to you i was thinking about this earlier uh, they could have made a sitcom out of the our life in kadugodi house now if they did all right who do you think is the who do you think is the hero of this sitcom i know it's not me i'm probably the villain or the side character that uh, <laughs> so so i'm thinking about this in terms of you know the center and eccentric trope right where you have somebody who's the straight guy in the center and everyone around them is this eccentric dude then it's shake right would, yeah it would i think it would have to be shake it would shake have to be just shake just this super straight up like normal dude and then he's seeing all these characters seeing, around him seeing all these characters around, and you know you know what harry is harry's that that character that side uh, role character in season 1 who gets popular and then starts appearing a lot more frequently in season 2 and then right by here. season 3 he's pretty much a regular I'm right here guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was part of the call. <laughs> we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh but good times man. It was really good to I think it was uh, uh and I think uh it was good to go through that experience together as well because uh, let's face it at the end we were kind of each other's safety net, right? You still had so some much. Yeah, always. Yeah, you you still had like familiarity, you knew okay, this this is my this is my group and you know shit hit the fan you know where to come back and uh you know sort of regroup it was always good to go through that i think that part of it together yeah uh-huh. and um i think gautam just to like maybe add the last bit in terms of freedom another bit of freedom which like sticks with me is the freedom to have people over oh absolutely <laughs> like absolutely. friends to have friends over and then to not be you know concerned that oh is somebody going to ask them for their permission why are they staying here whatever 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 and to be able to host like parties small or big that's another yeah. big freedom yeah which was which we did almost like <laughs> like unknowingly right we would have like a random bunch of people over every few days or every weekend and more often than not it was it was almost never the same group of people there was always a new bunch or a new new sort of except varun who would turn up without fail varun andwar varun andwar varun andwar varun at 3am on a saturday morning <laughs> and dwar usually the friday night before yeah yeah oh man but uh, but yeah man 
so moving on, I wanna I wanna quickly we've already touched upon what you guys are you know uh, moving towards next. A quickly quick shout out to Vishwanath who's gonna be pursuing his PhD soon. You know, once he gets a few of those uh, research papers out of his way. But uh, good luck with that, man. Thanks, yeah, it's man. gonna be great. And yeah. Srihari with his fuck you data science money clearly needs nothing. He can uh, he just <laughs> live his life. <laughs> Eating. I need everything. <laughs> that that's not right. I, I need. I want everything. Eating high quality bananas, I'm sure. But uh, organic, artisanal, okay. natural. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know another thing that I really enjoyed from our conversations before when we lived together as well. We always talked about like some really. Uh, we were all techies or geeks in a sense, right? We were always talking about uh, new gadgets and shit. So I want to yeah. really uh, pick your brains. You know what's what struck out to you? What's the new cool gadget that's really What's that one thing that you're going to be like, I'm going to grab this the minute it's out. And I'm not talking about gaming consoles. We'll come to that later. But gadgets itself. Anything that stuck out over the last couple of years or, or the coming year? Yo, um, I will say there is one thing that stuck out, not in a good way, but in a slightly scary way. And then like there are a couple of gadgets that stuck out in a good way. So which one do you want to hit first? Uh, let's, let's do one each. Yeah. Let's do, or let's all of us do like one good and then we'll go to, uh, no, let's all of us do one bad and then let's all of, do, yeah. all of us do one good. Uh, yeah. what did you start Vishwanath? Give us one bad. One bad. Um, I don't know if you guys follow this, but the Amazon home security flying autonomous drone. Whoa, whoa, oh. whoa, whoa. Oh, wow. Don't no, I haven't. Dare. Tell me about it. Don't you dare say anything about it. Okay, no, go ahead. I'm kidding. <laughs> Destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead. So I get the market and I get the idea. The fact mm-hmm. that it's who, the fact that it's being provided by this, yeah, uh, by Amazon is what's really interesting to me just because of the amount of consolidation. But the idea over here is you have a drone which periodically picks itself out of its charging dock flies around your house recording a video, mm-hmm. then comes back and settles into its charging dock and then sends you this video stream so that mm-hmm. you kind of like have a sense of what's happening in your house at periodic intervals. It's like a home scene. Think of instead of having multiple cameras installed over at, all over at different points in your house, you instead have a drone that's flying around, seeing what's happening and then sending you these updates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I saw that. I, yeah. I can see the I can see what what scares you in that in that scenario. Yeah. You know, if you have enough of these drones in, let's say, a suburb, uh, in a sense, you have. But again, you know, here's where data privacy and data laws really, really come into play. Yeah, and, and that, that makes all the difference here. That makes all that makes all the difference. Harry, anything that's uh, that you're not looking forward to or a little skeptical about? Oh, uh, till date, it's always been deep fix. And that's oh, only because yeah, I have, uh, I have, I, I want to talk about that later. Oh, it's, it's, it's but my gadget favorite wise, topic. If you yeah. want to talk gadget wise. Oh. Gadget wise. Ah, that's a great question. I haven't really looked into gadget wise, except for mostly camera technology and how much certain companies like Amazon, once again, <laughs> Google, how much they've actually improved the tech behind these things. For mm-hmm. example, the Amazon Go stores that are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you, have you guys like been to one of those? Well, like, I mean, actually, we don't have any in uh, in Europe, but uh, I'm assuming you um, have a few sample stores in, in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. there's one yeah, actually right next to my house. Vishnath, have you been there? It's, I've not been there, no. Okay. It, it's glorious. It's glorious in the sense, uh, you need to have the app, you can just sign in and walk in, yes, and it's exactly what the advertisements are like. You walk in, you just pick up a bag, you throw some stuff in, you can even pick it from your friend's bag when he's not looking, and then just put it in your bag, and you just walk out. 
and you will be charged for exactly what was in your bag. The number of cameras, the amount of technology, and also understanding your intent that you're taking it from someone's bag or you're picking it up, but handing it to a friend who gets charged for it later. The amount of decision making out there was incredible. We were actually just, uh, my friends and I just went to the store and we were spellbound at just how accurately it could target everything. Like we tried, uh, you know, just generally like <laughs> being who we are, trying to game yeah. the system. We just passed around an object and then we like, uh, I kept to it in my who bag. Get it, who'd get charged for it? Yeah, yeah. who'd get charged for it. He, like, uh, he picked up an object and then he gave it to another friend who gave it to me. I picked it up in my bag. In the end, I got charged for everything because I was the only one with the bag. No, I mean, like, I'm kidding. Like one other friend had a bag, but it could track and it also associate objects with where it goes. And the thing is, while that seems like something harmless, right? Like, okay, this is basically like, it can, it has good things. You can, you can shoplift, you have such a seamless experience, but the underlying tech is the tracking tech. And that's what really excites me and also scares me. Mm, Think about it. I, if you have I, this I can, much. I can totally get that. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the fact that you have maybe very, uh, intricate, uh, you know, movements or gestures be still be, being able to, uh, that you're being able to track that itself is a very, mm-hmm. that's a massive mm-hmm. advancement, first of all. But are we really surprised, to be honest, because uh, if you look at it, like underlying the fundamentals of it would be the same as a self-driving car, right? You're looking at so many variables, you're looking at, you're look, okay, now there are a lot more variations to the kind of uh, uh, action that you have to track, because obviously we're talking about people here and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, very, very small movements and things like that. Uh, maybe not as many uh, many things to track, or not a, not a, as complex an image to track as self. Uh, I mean, a self-driving car has a less complex image to track. Not that it yeah. isn't, but but uh, are we really surprised? Because this was is a natural evolution of that tech, right? I'm not surprised. I'm just kind of. Uh, I suppose I, I suppose I was surprised when I first came across it. The experience is. I mean, reading it in paper, in research papers is one thing, but the actually seeing it in production and experience is a whole different thing. No, I can, and, I can, uh, I can totally yeah. get that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, but, but on the whole, yeah, it's exactly what you said. It's like, it's like a self-driving car. You see a big, I don't know, like a, a, a extremely heavy vehicle carrying people just going at 60 miles an hour and all the people inside are asleep and they reach safely. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. But now, now the tech has the ability to identify each person and if a person's sleeping or not watching or not, it's just, mm-hmm. a, that's an added level of complexity to yeah. the, but it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's fascinating. I think it's, I think it's super, you're right. It's, but it is the world we're moving towards. I think, which is why it's very important for us to double down on, on uh, data privacy laws and use of data itself right now, because what we do now will define uh, the next generation. itself. Absolutely. But, it could uh, be the difference yeah. between a cyberpunk dystopia or, you know, a Star Trek utopia. How dare you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you're right. <laughs> no, I get that. I remember <laughs> But okay. Now I want to, I want to tell you, okay. So actually my pick for uh, tech I'm scared about and mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the tech that I'm most excited about kind of overlap. Oh, okay. The, the tech that I'm most scared about, but I'm actually quite excited about are your VR headsets. Oh, yeah. Right? Oculus Quest yes. 2. Yes. Now they've been around for a while. I've tried a few. I'm sure you guys have tried a few, but they've they're getting uh, scarily good at uh, uh, giving you a fully immersive experience. Now my I problem have an Oculus is, Quest. You have one? Oh my god! You're I have one an of them? Oculus Quest. Dude, yes, okay. I'm one of them. I'm going to be one of them in a couple of months, so I can't really judge you. But <laughs> but here's my here's my here's my here's my problem with it. Okay, uh, we have seen and we are seeing uh, gaming addiction to be. A fast-growing issue for youth, especially. 
Now we are talking about an added level of uh, we are talking about something like uh, what was that movie? Uh, Ready Player One. Yeah. Right. We are oh, not yeah. far away. You're, we are honestly not far away. You have haptic feedback gloves already. It's only a matter of time before they make it affordable. Matter of time before you have haptic feedback uh, body suits. Uh, you ha- you already have those three sixty treadmills. I don't know if you guys have seen this. I have. It's yeah. amazing. It can play first person shooters. So exactly right. It's yeah. so you already that tech exists. Uh, now it's just a matter of uh, those those things becoming cheaper, becoming mass produced. We are going to a world where we are going to have a very immersive experience, which is scary to me because uh, that removal from reality. Uh, I mean, you already see that with the current tech that we have. Can you imagine having that now another added layer of uh, immersion? It's mm-hmm. a scary, scary scenario. But and if- what scares you that? They that there'll be more people who will get pulled away from reality, or like what? What about it scares you? Well, see, well there are a couple of things. One thing that I think is we we lose something fundamental. Now this goes more into a philosophical set. Forgive uh-huh. me, uh, and something I've derived no, from philosophy the, is good. Derived from the Homo Sapiens book, you know, we what makes us a society that's capable of living at this large size and this large number. Because of mm-hmm. our constructed reality, right? And the fact that we can, yeah. all, we can all exist as a society, as people without tearing into each other. Now, yeah. with complete immersion, and eventually if you move further down that line, you're taking away a fundamental aspect of that. And mm. human interactions are not restricted to uh, just physically being there and talking or you know, exchanging words. Because I don't think that's it. The fact that you're physically present somewhere... Uh, I'm going to go into not conspiracy theory, but this is proven science, you know, pheromones and all are a thing. There are, there are multi multitudes of ways in which you influence an interaction or, or, or an exchange between a person. Uh, and only, uh, only one part of that is speech or physical contact itself. Right. You're re- removing yeah. those layers completely. And that scares me because mm. uh, it, it, it would contribute. I don't know. It feels like a, we're taking a, we're taking a step forward in technology, but we're taking a step backwards when it comes to uh, us as a social animal. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I was just curious. Okay. But what excites me about this tech is like a slightly uh, augment, the augmented reality approach. So I don't know if this is true, but I've heard of leaks of Apple goggles. Have you Apple glasses? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Apple, Apple uh, AR hardware. Yeah. Yo, man, if that comes out, I'm buying that. Okay. <laughs> I'm buying that for sure. I would, I would prefer it if it was Android so I can set up some restrictions myself. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I would get that. As long as it looks cool. I don't want to look like uh, Robocop <laughs> walking around. Hey, Robocop is cool. But, okay. but no, you- augmented reality is like one of my favorite things too. I was talking with another guy from the Chicago Booth School of Business here. He was forming a company where um, basically they wanted to use augmented reality in your phone or anything so that you can change the look of your house. And they started with Uh wallpapers Uh to see like, if you want to redecorate your house and you, you're visualizing, you normally have a book or you have like websites where it comes in. What if you just put it in your phone, swipe your phone across the room and you'll be able to see what it would, what it would look like with that wallpaper, with that uh, particular color, with that painting on the wall, so on and so forth. Uh, I think this kind of 3d reconstruction and 3d modeling has already been there in something like furniture stores, like Wayfair and, and once again, Amazon, actually, I think Ikea is also doing it. Ikea is also doing it. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, mean, it's useful. It's extremely useful when Mm -hmm. it comes to like planning, building and all in all helps in decision making. Hmm. 
Yeah, man. I think it's, I think it's, I think it opens up so much for us when it comes to, if you have augmented, if you have a, say glasses with augmented, which, which projects, uh, you know, an augmented reality onto your life surrounding. Uh, it's an, uh, you, you know why I prefer that to your complete virtual reality is because this is adding, uh, adding information, adding layer on, on your existing world. It's enhancing your experience in the real world. It's not taking you away from it. It's in the name augmented versus virtual. It augments your. All right. Thanks yeah. for the thanks for the English, Mr. Giari. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but okay. But I, I've spoken enough. I'd love to hear from you guys. What's like the one gadget or tech that you're really excited for in the coming coming few years, or it's already here and you're waiting to pick it up? Harry, you can take this. Oh. Oh, my answer is like very mainstream. It's actually just self-driving cars. Oh it's, man, I'm uh, with you. I'm with you there. <laughs> it's, it's because, I mean, the more I keep reading about it and the more I keep seeing proof of concepts, it's, it's just insane that sometimes some answers just seem so trivial and then there was so much research that went back to get that answer. And other times, there are these profound uh, decisions that come in. For example, uh, I was talking with another engineer, I think a few weeks ago on how much tech has come down. So that guy has done some prototypes in self-driving cars. He talked about what kind of problem he had to solve, which was about pedestrians who, and their kids when they're trying to like walk over, walk around, walk over the store, walk, over the, walk across the street, sorry. Uh-huh. And uh, if you are a car going at, let's say, even 10 or 20 miles an hour, and let's say, you know, it's a school district. So you, so you have, you're constraining your problem, right? You know, it's a cool school district. You're going at a particular speed, you know, it's school timings. And you see like a child and a kid, like you see a child and her, his or her mother. Uh, what kind of decisions would you have to take? Starting with, would you expect the child to cross first? Would you expect the child to move faster than the mother? And uh, before the signal turns around, what do you have to anticipate and keep your systems prepped for the worst case scenario possible? assuming that any traffic violation actually happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's an interesting problem statement because I've never thought, thought of pedestrians as anything other than just pedestrians. Whereas now here you're breaking it down into what kind of pedestrians are there? Like a child and a parent. That's, that's a very apparently specific case. And I was just kind of interested in that. So it's, yeah, it's but actually we've already thing. spoken to it. The, the tech already exists, right? In a sense, because if you look at the Amazon store, you're, you're reading intricate body uh, actions or gestures. Uh, how, how far are we from, uh, from predicting hesitation or predicting a, a sudden spurt of movement? Not very far. Not very far at all, in my opinion. Yeah, I guess, um, I guess you hit the nail I, in the coffin. Yeah, go on. No, I just wanted to like add on to what you said about different types of pedestrians. I want to put in a plug for this thing called the Model Machine Survey. Okay. And it's a survey by MIT where the idea is you are a self-driving car or rather you have the power to program a self-driving car. And then they give you these range of scenarios, these range of trolley problem scenarios where it's like you have a, you have a crosswalk. One part of the crosswalk has a signal on, one part has a signal off. The part with the signal on has two homeless people crossing it. The part with the signal off has two doctors crossing it. Oh, now man. you as a self-driving car, which part do you drive through? Dude, this is like that. Will you run over five people or will you kill your own? Is. This is like the yeah, oldest choice thing. Oh my God. Yeah, And then you've got like all these different scenarios and then kind of like the whole idea over here is not to gauge. Okay, wait, quickly. You know, Vishwanath, do. who do you yeah. kill? The two hobos or the two doctors? <laughs> I, 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 I pick the doctors. Like I went oh with, 
What? Yeah, I went. For, yeah, I went with the idea that you know, if the if the homeless people were following the rules of the road, and if the doctors were not following the rules of the road, then that is what should be the primary deciding factor here. Yes, but if you run over the homeless people, the doctors can save them. I mean, there's a better chance of them surviving. What if uh, they can't? Yeah, like <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there. Like, yeah, <laughs> you see, so this this all these things like it makes you run through, and it's just like a very interesting. It's not to see what cars should do, but to see what range of possibilities are acceptable to people if a car does something or the other. I'm going to propose this incredible concept, which you've probably, you know, it's going to blow your mind. It's called brakes. <laughs> <laughs> I think Gautam, the point was your brakes wouldn't stop. Like that speed in which you're going. In I which was... case, comes back to my point, the doctors wouldn't be able to save them if you're going at such a high speed anyway. I was not given any such constraint when the problem was proposed to me. Right? This man here who wants to pursue his PhD asked me to choose between killing two workers or two doctors. And I'm, saying, I'm simply proposing we stop the vehicle using, using a lever that has existed since vehicles have been created. And that is why philosophers and engineers don't mix. <laughs> I'm here thinking about the moral ramifications and like what kind of a world do we want to live in and he over there is going like, yeah, just hit the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but Vishwanath, we didn't actually get to your answer, man. What's the what's the oh. tech that you're you're looking forward to? Oh, so this is like, I mean, this is a very low key answer, but it's something that personally excites me a lot. Um, have you like guys me? heard of something called the Remarkable Tab? Not really. The remarkable but, Tab. Yeah. Uh, but Think tell us like about what. It what the Kindle is for reading, the Remarkable is for writing. So it's this e-paper. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I've seen ads for it recently, actually. Yeah, yeah. So that really excites me because they're the ideas you're taking this like, so the thing is, I mean, Gautam knows this, Srihari knows this. I've had a, I had the original Microsoft Surface. I've a Mr. Fancy right here. <laughs> oh, look at me. <laughs> I, I have been like, pursuing this dream of being able to digitize my notes for I don't know how many years and nothing has worked out. No and now you have this technology which seems to come close to being able to write on a screen and emulate an experience which you'd have with a pen and paper, but it's all digital. And to me, that's very exciting. You take all these classical interactions, things like reading, writing, and you take all of these things and you digitize them perfectly instead of the imperfect compromises we have with tablets. I find that very exciting. I, I would have to I'm agree with you. I think, and uh, that the at least from the ads, from what I've seen of the uh, product demo, it looks yeah. it looks phenomenal. I mean, it, yeah. it's come a long way since the 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 you know oversized stylus on a on a tablet that we we've used before. But uh, yeah, but yes, I I agree with you. I think you know you actually you you actually made a really good point there. The fact that we and I've talked about and so has Harry to some extent. We have talked about advanced tech or you know really out there tech that really shines but but really these are the these are the things that will will shine through the ones that we we really need to work on and optimize the ones that we place we place very small subtle day-to-day day-to-day things you know like yeah. the fact that you could write probably 10,000 pages in that slim uh, a tablet is phenomenal it's and uh, it's something that the kindle rev, uh, revolutionized when it came out now it's it's happening with this as well 
it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a great way to look at, uh, look at things. But, uh, but yes, uh, that actually brings us to let's, uh, the, the crux of our conversation, what we, what we want to talk about. And that is, that is uh, tech itself and entertainment, right? And, uh, maybe we can start with something that Harry actually mentioned, which I thought was, uh, which I thought was, uh, which, which fascinates me a lot, by the way, is deep fakes. And, uh, yeah. Um, so I'll, let me, let me start off by giving you my, my first, uh, first impression of it was, was there was this Obama video a few years back. Oh yes. You, you must be familiar with this. It was, it, it went yeah. viral. I'm sure Obama's talking and, and towards, and he's saying some shit, which he shouldn't be saying. <laughs> And then towards the end, you realize this is, this is, and they, they tell you, this is a deep fake. And it was so good to an, to an untrained eye. Um, and maybe to a trained eye, I don't know. I'm an untrained eye, so I can't speak for someone who knows this tech. But uh, I, could, I could not tell. I have no idea that this was, this was and this, this changes things, uh, everything. It just changes everything. So uh, I, I want to I hear your thoughts on that, man. What do you think are the ramifications of a tech this, this powerful? Wow, the ramifications. I mean, uh, where, where, where do we begin? Uh, one, the, the getting uh, putting aside the point that this tech is powerful and also absolutely stunning. That uh, the idea itself is spectacular. If I may, uh, if I what, may quickly ask you a question here, just before we before you go on, mm-hmm. uh, in your opinion, what how advanced is the tech? Is it close to? Uh, I mean, is it enough to be indistinguishable at this point where we're at? You mean the output as well as the... The output. The output from compared to uh, the real thing. Uh, Can I put Vishwanath's my... face on Joker and you'll just think it's him with makeup? I think I think it's already... No. There's an app for that that does it in your phone right now. Uh, but then it's not, a, not to the point where you can't distinguish it. But then it's getting much more seamless than you would imagine. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, it's... And I, I'm not a, I'm not a trained person in it, and I and I don't think anyone anyone in this call is really trained in deep picks, except Speak for maybe yourself, man. I am speaking for all of us, but if you like <laughs> it or not. <laughs> but but the point is, uh, it's I think the I think uh, we're still getting closer to productionalizing it, and then finding applications where people are willing to take a risk to come out and say like, we are you're going to be using this technology that. Let's not call it deep fake technology. Let's call it this particular technology, this face warping technology, for example, that has been used for creating deep fakes later. And once you once you have that support, the backing of let's say corporations or governments, etc., to do it, you're gonna get funding to start productionizing this and really start using it in applications. Now, I'm kind of like a little bit uh, like confused with your question over here. Mm-hmm. What uh, like what what can like uh, are you asking me about what are the ramifications are once again, or like um, what concerns me most? Like which is maybe maybe question? I should yeah maybe I should clarify that. Uh, I'll, let me ask you a more specific question, right? With with technology as and and I'd love to get your opinion as well, Vishnu, on this. Mm-hmm. With technology as good as deepfake, or with or mm-hmm. technology or you know methodology that's able to produce output as powerful as deepfake is, mm-hmm. should this tech or this methodology, this code, this source code be made publicly available when the chance of it being abused is, is tremendous. Uh, okay. I, do you, do, I don't know. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's, this is not a black and white question. I get it. You yeah, know, there's no, yeah. you can't, you can't say good or bad here. I know there are, it's a gray area, but I want to mm. get your thoughts on which side do you think we should be or how do we tackle 
I can give mm-hmm. an example of where it's already been misused. Have you heard of Deep Nude? Uh, I think it's called Deep Nude or Deep Naked. That's actually where it started out. Deep yes. began as a subreddit. Yeah, that that's where I. Saw, yeah, that's the first thing I did with Vishnath's photo, and uh, I, that's what really got me thinking. It's, it's also so you did something hurts, illegal. But <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you are you saying your podcast? You did something illegal, man. No, I did not. I'm sorry. We, Harry, we are going to go with hashtag cancel Gautam after this. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> man, man! Don't get me started on cancel culture. But uh, but go on, go on, go on, uh, okay. go on, Harry. Ah, crap. So, uh, so here's the thing. Uh, my opinion on deepfake technology, I don't know what to call that technology because I've not worked on it. Uh, but the opinion on that is I think it's useful. I think, in term, I think there are lots of great applications, especially in the entertainment industry, which I'll touch upon. Uh, but I also think like there is a small, I, I mean, the chance of misuse is going to be there for every tech out there. I don't know. You can pinpoint and say like, okay, people are going to be able to use this to create fake video streams, etc. But to tackle that, that's why you have the science community that's already working on it. For example, Kaggle's latest million dollar, or not latest, like a recent million dollar competition for, cha- for finding out whether you can detect if a video is deep fake or not mm-hmm. or in an automated fashion. The pr- prize money was actually a million dollars. I was drooling and realized I'm not skilled enough for it, <laughs> hopefully yeah. like in the future. So you have communities that are trying to solve it. And I, I am confident that they will try to solve it. There's no tech that cannot be detected that it that it's fake or if it's real so and so forth if, if you now. get my meaning for yeah now. yeah for now <laughs> so uh the, i now i want to go to the other side of the coin which is the uses and this is where i want to touch the entertainment industry uh the one of the few thoughts that i got when you told me about this podcast and about the entertainment side of things was when i i was also thinking about deep fake that time and i realized what if i could put my face in one of the characters i'm playing for example like dragon age or I don't know Star Wars games. Man, and I'm just like oh, I was. Yes. I was thinking the same thing. Like I would, if I was watching Jubanji, I would make you Jack Black. Why would you make me? Okay, I mean he's kick ass. <laughs> I like him anyway. That could actually work out. Uh, and I'd want Vishnath as Dwayne Johnson. Why would Vishnath be oh, Dwayne Johnson? I would. I would love that too. I I think that works out. I think and no, he, to, I don't think. <laughs> just to fuck with Varun, I would make him the chick. Because you know, because you know, he's the only one who'd get offended by that. Everyone else would take it as. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, I don't want to like. But honestly, I I don't want to imagine imagine that chick with a mustache. So maybe not. I I mean, moving on. But but yeah yeah yeah. When it comes to movie specific, just to quickly interject, uh, an example that I was thinking about when I wrote this down is: what if you could watch a movie with the leading hero of your choice? You know. I know that's amazing. Uh, but you know what that mean, what that what what that implies? Then your looks or your your physical appearance is your only commodity. Then you could get someone who doesn't look good to act it out, emote it, and then you just superimpose uh, so superimpose the face using deepfake, and then you just have a better looking uh, face to a better actor. Yeah, it's like Photoshop, but in movies. It's like, what, uh, it's like what it's like what is Andy Serkis uh, Serkis right exactly. Andy Serkis in uh, Andy Lord of Rings yeah he's oh, made his living exactly. out of that yeah yeah but uh, but, but Vishnu yeah. what's your what's your opinion man what do you think about so when you said should this be made public the big thing which has um, could you maybe elaborate on what you think public versus not public is well uh, for now if I wanted to go create a deep fake right I could uh-huh. find a library on Python I could. I, I have enough resources online to go and yeah. recreate it myself. 
now do i do i want someone like me to be have that have that tech or be able to do that mm-hmm. and and someone who's more skilled mm-hmm. would be able to wreak havoc right if they wanted to yeah so when when you said should it be made public or should it be made available the thing which came to my mind is um, our attitude towards drugs and our attitude towards narcotics mm-hmm. and this idea of schedule oneing drugs which means that you can't really purchase it for almost any reason and what's that what that's done is it's crippled research on drugs and it's crippled research on how you can actually use these sort of things um i'm not sure if it's a perfect one to one analogy but in my mind when you try to restrict anything what you're essentially doing is you're almost in a way you're kind of like restricting what harry said which is how do you combat it also you're kind of restricting the potential to combat it also and then at the end of the day people who want to malicious actors who want to get their hands on this if they have the incentive to do so they will find their ways to get hands on this so i am against the idea of like not allowing this to become public or not allowing this to become openly available um and i think this is where we probably need regulation along the lines of ah uh, but regulation is like one of those things but actually you make that, a very interesting point and something i thought about as well is what if you license the tech instead what do you yes. think harry what if we what if we license it sure i mean uh what's to his uh, i i i have to ask for what sort of licensing because um i'm guessing now it's no longer open source you're basically giving all, ownership of the stack right. to a particular company and they're going to give out let's say you can use it for one year you can use it for two years so on and so forth um once you license it so then i have to ask like how much you're going to obfuscate the tech when you license it out are you going to give the methodology on how to recreate it which is you're like secret sauce a... so on and so forth are you just going to give the end result for example i just going to be like uh, uh, yeah, hey it, i made the stack and mm-hmm. uh, for to to draw a crude example like you just give them an api right you uh, let them pass some parameters you do their processing in your end and give them the output then uh, i think that's a little bit more that assuming the license is not just given out for anyone to afford it for example the three of us pooling in all of our lives i don't know savings together which is much much okay we have nothing yes, yeah i'm i'm going to be a struggling researcher and Yeah, he's going to be a PhD student, all right? Those guys for five years, Vishnath's on his own. Then he'll be that big shot professor that we know he would be. But uh, I'm surrounded by. So I will say, but not them. Like I want to like interject over here and state that the thing with technology like deepfake is obfuscating the source code is not the problem here. Like the thing is, for most of the people who use deepfakes for deep nudes, for example. not all of them know how to program all of them are essentially making api calls to the python apis they have accessible the source code is not what's the problem over there Fair the enough. fact that you have this input output is the real thing that's dangerous over there uh, yeah. telling people that this is a 10 layer cnn with like three yeah three it won't matter <laughs> I, i i i get what you say the thing is the the ship has already sailed on deep fakes right yeah. i mean that tech is out there there's no way uh, there's no way you can constrain that tech anymore right yeah it's like uh, it's it's out there and and one argument that could be made in its in its favor is that whenever you have open source uh, technology it progresses at an exponential rate versus uh, you know proprietary software yeah so in a way it's good to good to have 
but uh, but okay uh, you know taking a slight branch from there i want to talk about uh, what do you think would be the some of the really fun things that we and, and this is in context with movies specifically what do you think would be some of the really fun things that uh, in uh, that data science or tech in general will provide to this movie watching experience in the coming uh, coming few years coming decade even complete immersion and isolation within the movie's environment like uh, like what VR? we talked about in yep pretty much like uh, so seeing a movie in vr is i think i think it's already there i'm not fully into that space yet which not you can correct me if i'm wrong but uh, but the thing but one thing i've always wondered about vr is how many senses it's actually capturing to give you the full immersive effect right mm-hmm. you don't have smell and taste right now when it comes to vr um <laughs> i can take care of the taste factor <laughs> you want to watch a movie with me don't worry i, I will take care of you <laughs> i i don't want to comment on this thing. kind of <laughs> not in a public <laughs> podcast <laughs> but but then think about the immersive like uh, levels over here like how many of your how many of your senses can you stimulate when you're watching a movie uh your vision has already been captured your audio i suppose it could improve well, if you if i may if i may quickly interject maybe the constraint is not uh, how many senses you could capture because frankly you could capture mm-hmm. all of them it's how many you could capture economically right yeah that, yeah 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 exactly so if uh, do i if do i need to buy a giant uh, i don't know sofa chair that's specific for movies with an attached <laughs> do i need it do i need vishnu to fart in my face when a monster comes on stage and this conversation has cup become like 5 years ago i mean <laughs> yeah like we were talking about how this would be like back in hb abgv i was trying to keep it a bit more grown up i was trying no but go on go on sorry i interrupted you go on but that's the thing i mean immersion is one of my most um, it, it's something that i'm really really looking forward to i don't know how they're going to do it and i really hope that they could capture smell if not taste because i was looking at random food shows in like uh, just yesterday actually while i was cooking something and then i noticed that i i want to be there with the chef as he's having this epic drama clash off with the other chef and uh, that because i don't know maybe like that guy slept with his wife or so on and so forth but then they what? cook it out in a what cooking battle and i'm like this is some explosive assumptions you're making <laughs> yeah this is not an explosive assumption this is these are like the, this most uh, there are some dramas out there that i think certain some countries for example like south korea make but they make these amazing storylines but but think about it i mean i'm watching it and it just makes my mouth water to see them have this amazing dishes and i just imagine what, how much more immersive can i be can i smell the dish and make it and as i'm smelling it can i eat my own dish so that it you know it sort of seems similar in taste if not texture absolutely because smell is actually uh, and i'm sure you guys know this a huge component of of taste itself right Yeah. Yep. So, but you know, you know who would love this idea? I don't love it as a user because it would make me very dependent on what I'm watching. If I'm watching mm-hmm. something and I'm able to smell it, my my immediate instinct is, damn, that smells so good. I need to get something like that. But who would love this is anyone on the other side, right? Uh, if they're making a lasagna on my screen and I'm able to smell it, yes, man. For the the guys who make ready ready to eat lasagna down in the supermarket close to me, those guys are gonna have a field day. Dude, imagine combining that with drinking green tea. Oh yes! Oh, I mean, all the green tea. 
green tea just uh, just takes it to another level. Yeah. But yeah. moving on quickly before someone realizes <laughs> what this analogy is, but <laughs> but uh, but yes, Vishwanath, I'd love to hear what you think uh, we'd uh, uh, how we can take movies to the next uh, level. And I'm sure I'm sure by then green tea will be readily available in every <laughs> movie theater, but uh, yeah. Um, you know, for me, it's not, it's not uh, like for me, I mean, immersion is yes, one big part of it, but something which I'm really interested in to see how it works out is, do you remember Netflix's interactive Black Mirror episode? Oh, abs- man, oh, I, have that, yeah. I literally have that written down where I have branched endings and, uh, and, uh, but go on. Yeah. yeah, no, like, I mean, immersion Immersion is nice, but I mean, let's be, let's think about something like gaming. And I know you said we'll get to it, but the thing with gaming is like what really makes it immersive is in terms of just how involving the story is and how much agency you as the player character have, right? You could see this game that has brilliant graphics and it has amazing sound and all that stuff. But if you as a badass anime character can't cross a fucking trolley that's been put across you as an invisible wall, <laughs> then that breaks the immersion completely. So immersion for me, like another big part of it is like user interaction and user agency. And then like how that would play in with something like um, watching content, watches more typically passive content like uh, movies. That's something which I'm really interested to see how it would go. But you know, if I'm, now that we're touching upon gaming itself, like there's, if I'm, in my opinion, the line between uh, movies and you know entertainment in that form and gaming is is blurring real fast. Huh? Oh yeah, the quality yeah. of uh, the stories that are told and the experiences that are given through gaming, man. Uh, some of these there are, and if you go to YouTube, right, you'll find all these cutscenes which have been put together and found oh, yes. of their own, and and this just gives you. Just like shows you that, and especially also this Netflix, the Black Mirror episode is starting mm-hmm. to show you that line is blurring. And that's, that's, that's the, that's that, that in between, that in between part between movies and gaming. I'm, yeah. I'm telling you in, in like, in like, in 10 years, that's going to be an industry of its own. And we need to, if I were you and you know, if I had the money myself, I would invest in that right now. Something like what Telltale Games is doing. If you, if you guys yeah. are, you guys know what Telltale Games is one. Yeah. Yeah. But um, uh, Remedy Interactive tried doing it, but they bombed horribly. I, wh- uh, what Ooh. did they try doing it in? I what, don't know. Um, so Remedy is the, they're the guys who made Max Payne, Quantum they made Break. Max Payne, and, they made uh, Control. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is with Quantum Break, what they tried doing is they tried interspersing live action videos in between the gameplay. Uh-huh. And the the switch between one to the other was just so jarring. It like it was neither here nor there. But then I think they're trying to refine that process. You know who did that really well? And who? this is a game that came out years ago, fifteen years ago. NFS most wanted. Oh yes, that is oh, true. I've not. I have actually not played that. What you haven't I played have. one of the legends I of? Epic. There's one okay, but before we move on from movies, right? I want to ask yeah. you guys one thing, and this is not really related to data. Did you guys watch Tenet? No, not, not yet. yet, dude. I saw it. I saw it when I was in Salamanca. I gotta uh-huh. tell you, I've, I I didn't understand Interstellar when I saw it the first time. I didn't understand uh, Inception when I saw it the first time. But I could watch Tenet five times. I will still not understand. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, 
This guy's been drinking way too much green. He's been he's been giving himself a green tea enema, if you ask. Me. <laughs> he's oh out there, man. I mean, I mean, I think he took it too far. In my opinion, like uh, there are way smarter people than me out there, and there are people who've got Interstellar and uh, Inception on the first go. I know a ton of people who haven't got Tenet on the first go. And at some point, you have to realize, okay, you're creating art, but your art shouldn't it shouldn't be a, a cipher that takes thousand years to to solve. You know, I, mean, I don't want to figure out every I don't want to figure out every single key out of a ten key combination, and then spend the rest of my life figuring out what you mean. I mean, I don't want to do that. So. Um, I am really looking forward to when it gets released on streaming services eventually. You know what would really kill me if you guys watch it and you guys get it on the first go? That would just absolutely destroy me. <laughs> Dude, Gautam, if, if we watch it and if we get it on the first go, you'll know that we're liars. Let me put it that way. I mean, I, I gotta say, I think you would be liars because, frankly, I don't think this movie is meant to be understood in the first go. But uh, but before we move into gaming, I think we can take uh-huh. a we'll take a quick break. I'm going to pause the recording right now and we're back. All right. We're recording. Uh, welcome back guys. Uh, thank you for the break. Uh, but yeah, moving on to something that uh, I think uh, we've all been passionate about. I know that. And I think that's another really, and I want to like, it's again a side note, but I really want to call it out. It's, it's another reason why I've really enjoyed like, you know, being roommates with you guys or anything is because we can, we can talk games, man. And we can, uh, hours. we can talk games for hours and we can talk platforms for hours. And I really enjoy that because, uh, and I'll, let me quote a personal example. Like recently, like during one of my big data class, like one professor was asking like, okay, who plays games? You know, who, who's played Fortnite? Because we were talking about Fortnite in general. And I said, I haven't played Fortnite, but I've, you know, experienced, I know what you're talking about. And, uh, the general, impression was nobody said it to my face but i could get like oh gaming no why why would someone invest time in gaming the thing what? is the what? thing is gaming has become such a, a lucrative uh option as a career even you know uh and and it's also it's a it's a place where people sink so much time i think in my personal opinion i think it would be foolish of anyone to dismiss it and not to keep up to date with this industry because this is honest to God, the industry of the future, in my opinion, because movies like, like we just talked about gaming is blurring the line between movies so quickly. It's just a matter of time before we are in this completely interactive, uh, interactive form of entertainment. But yes, that's my, that's my intro into this topic. I want to, I want to, I want to really, before we start, right. I want to get your, your both of your individual first forays into gaming and uh, what it means for you as a person now. Hmm. Uh, let's start with uh, Harry, man. I mean, come on. I mean, you. I know you are a hardcore gamer more than me. So I'd love to. I'd love to get your opinion on that, man. Okay. Let me see. When did I start gaming? I was but a wee little lad in 2010 or 2000. A wee little lad in a faraway <laughs> land of Elder Scrolls. No, no, I started my games like way more early than Elder Scrolls. Crusaders fact, of Might and Magic. started before Daggerfall. Crusaders of Might yeah. and Magic? Tell me you were Crusaders of Might of course. and Magic. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, I mean, okay, I believe, but go on. I don't want to interrupt you. Yeah. Sorry. I wanna, I wanna... So, 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 I mean, like, uh, before, I think, uh, so I was one of the lucky ones in my 
I don't know, neighborhood, I guess. I got a computer at the age of 10, maybe 2000. Yeah, that's something like maybe, yeah, at the year, at the year 2000. And uh, it started with Dave, of course. It also went to Doom. Of back course. when floppy disks were a thing and uh, going to save button. And Street Fighter. Oh, oh hell yeah, Street Fighter. <laughs> Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter. So these are, these are the games that uh, came in. And my mother bought me the computer thinking that I'm going to become a smarter child. Ha, ha, ha. Are you happy <laughs> now, mom? But yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but. I, so I got into the whole universe at a very young age, the whole immersive universe, the escapist nature of my general psyche kind of fits in. And uh, I've been gaming till yesterday, where I was playing Neverwinter online, just generally going and grinding on random, like, I don't know, like orcs or something like that. Now, uh, this is kind of like my intro into game. I don't know where to start, where to begin. I generally play role-playing games a lot. I like world building. I like immersion. And I like storytelling the most. So if your game has okay-ish gameplay, but the story is really capturing, then I would still play the game <laughs> just for the story, but I would only play it once because, I mean, gameplay also matters. If, if I might quickly really, interject, yeah. I am the exact opposite of that. You and I <laughs> would never. I think we'd be excellent roommates. You wish we'd never, Story over uh, gameplay or gameplay over story? Story over gameplay, man. All right, then fuck you both. Let's go on. I, I mean, I'm playing. <laughs> this is the meme point. Wait, 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 I would say this. This is like the meme part where, like, that one anime dude comes in, like, ah, oh, I see you're a man of culture as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, don't do this. <laughs> All right, okay, go on, go on, Harry. And then okay, so, uh, once you discovered that. So, uh, how do I put this, right? I mean, like, once, once I really understand what kind of games I like to play, I still used to play, like, uh, MMOs and, like, uh, online shooter games. Like, I used to play Halo multiplayer as a kid with people across the planet all the time. That was spectacular. I made friends in Texas. This Wait, was but you, you haven't played MMO till you've played RuneScape. Tell me you've played Oh, oh yes. Okay, I have not played RuneScape. What, Harry? You got to catch up, man. That was like Lame. OG. Screw you. I mean, like, yeah, I have played so Lame. many more MMOs that you wouldn't have even heard of <laughs> <laughs> at this point. Some it of them are really matter. bad. Still, it have matter. you played Warcraft? World of Warcraft? Of course. You have? Wow, I haven't. Because mostly because it's a, it's a subscription Trade. and I don't want to... No, I mean, they have a free... Uh, like, you can play it for free for, for till a certain point too. I mean, that's what I was doing. Uh, okay, but I, I mean, think, back, I think in, the day, call back out, in the day, it was all subscription. I, uh, I think hmm? it's fair to call out before we all go ahead that none of us are pirates. We've transitioned to, to paying for our games. Uh, uh, I use Steam. I don't know about you guys, but... Uh, we all use Steam. Yeah. Steam's the easiest way to actually easiest way to discover new games as well. But mm. uh, but yes, there was definitely a time much many many years ago when an unfortunate CD might have crossed our paths, but no longer, no longer, my friends. But uh, but okay, so uh, so Harry's been a, more of an RPG, more of a story driven gamer, which I think is is the kind of is you're you're actually in that in that in between that we just talked about you know between the movies and the yep. the gaming you're the audience of the future in my opinion and i'm not even i'm not even shitting you i really think you are you oh someone God. like you is going to be the audience of the future maybe not someone who eats a banana on a high rise but you know <laughs> you get what i mean but uh, but vishnath uh, i want to i want to hear your journey man of uh, gaming and if i if i remember correctly correct me if i'm wrong but one of your first forays into gaming was on your iPod where you had the froggy what? jump. Yeah. No, I mean, I gamed before that. But um, then after 
So my actual first foray into gaming was way back when I got into Age of Empires. Oh, oh you did? Oh, fuck. Yes. yes. Yeah. Like I, I started out with Age of Empires, Age of Empires 2, um, Commandos. I was really into all the strategy games and I felt like a mastermind. Like, oh yeah, I'm so smart. I never played online. I played only against the computer, which is why I felt so smart. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. Okay, they, they did build that AI to be quite formidable. That oh, age. Uh, oh, not deathmatch like in campaigns. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but uh, so you know, like I started gaming out like that, but then then I discovered RPGs by way of licensed content. So things like the Harry Potter games, I played oh, those extensively. Man, I I fell in love with the first Harry Potter game. It, I had oh, it. Right. Man, it, uh, it just, like, but I think it was a combination of age and the fact that I was so enamored by the movies. It just trans and the books more yeah. than the movies. Yeah, it just translated onto the to the game itself. And but I mean, are you, you are in Hogwarts? And yeah, I, yeah, that you being in Hogwarts that was great. If I can ask you this, are you more inclined to RPGs as a genre? But right now, yeah, like I, I am a lot more inclined towards RPGs. That's true. And it's the same for you, Harry. Inclined, yes, but I do okay, uh, like like the occasional Doom run, especially the latest Doom, where you just go rampage. Doom Eternal. Oh fuck yes. Okay, so I'm I'm probably the gamer that you know that uh, probably disgraces the entire community, to be honest, because oh, one because, more? because I'll tell you why. I don't like story at all. I don't I don't game for story. I don't give a shit about story. I want really good gameplay mechanics, which make mm-hmm. me. Make, make me feel like good when I control the character. And I want to just shoot the shit, you know. I want to have fun when I play. I don't want to worry about like uh, uh, the ramifications of my, me killing this NPC today. And tomorrow the whole village turns against me. I don't want to worry about uh, being a good witcher or not. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> yes but, uh, but, but, but my, my philosophy of gaming actually aligns a lot with the Japanese industry philosophy of gaming. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, if you read into the Japanese industry philosophy of gaming, right, one of the fundamental things that they look at, and if you look at all Japanese games, it start, starts to make sense, is that the f- most fundamental thing that makes a game good is that traversal in the game world is fun. So just the oh. mere fact of controlling your character is fun, right? Which is why I'm very inclined towards Assassin's Creed and those kind of games because the fact that you can just, I can hold that parkour button and just run across the entire fucking map. It might take oh, me yeah. like two hours or three hours, but I will climb every single building. I will go across the entire map, right? Now, traversal, for me, now, I don't think that's wrong. I think that's, that's two kind of gamers, right? Those who enjoy that, this, the just enjoy the mechanics of it and are looking for more of a, a passive activity when it comes to gaming versus someone like you guys who are looking for an immersive story driven, which is, which is great. I mean, th- there's no wrong side here. It's just the kind of gamer that you are. Yeah. But I'm more inclined towards uh, action oriented or more, more, you know, very, very quick or more, um, how do I say this? Uh, there's like a quick trigger. Yeah. Yeah, that essentially. Um, 
when you said that, like one of the stories which I read about uh, Breath of the Wild is the creators of Breath of the Wild gave the game to Miyamoto, the Nintendo uh-huh. yeah. Doyen. Yeah. And he spent the first couple of hours doing nothing but climbing trees. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, that's his thing. Like, it should be fun to move in this. It world. should be. It should be fun for you to just log in or just open up the game, and just run around. You don't want to do anything but run around. And in yeah. that side note, but in, it's that it's it's that opinion that makes GTA Four better than GTA Five for me. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I'm on, I'm with you on that. All right, thank you. <laughs> it's not a very popular opinion, but thank you. I, I've actually not played it, so I will take your word for it. Well, it depends what kind of what style of gaming you like. So it's a very, uh-huh. very, uh, very specific question. But uh, now that we're talking about that, I wanna I wanna actually deep uh, dig a little deeper into the RPGs itself. So have both of you played uh, Oblivion? No, nope. You haven't. But I I have no. kind of like followed the thing on YouTube the same way like I said about YouTube movies. Uh, what? So, which Elder Scrolls have you played? Skyrim. Only Skyrim. You haven't played Oblivion. I played Morrowind. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, no problem. Tell me about Skyrim. What do you guys? Uh, what's your? What drew you to Skyrim, or what? What is it about Skyrim that makes it the most? Which makes it the most successful RPG, by the way. Most oh. ported, most successful RPG. Oh, the world, of course. I mean, Skyrim by no. Let's be honest. Skyrim by no great shakes is like a. It's no great shakes when it comes to incredible graphic design, the Witcher trees. It's no great shakes when it comes to like environment, like active I mean, the environment. The mods like, would beg to differ. The mod, the graphical mods would beg to differ. But yes, oh, I'm not. Oh yeah, I'm comparing like vanilla. But yeah, sure. Yeah, the vanilla version is definitely underwhelming. Yeah, and and that and it makes sense. It's 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 a fairly old game, and then like back then it was amazing. Now it's it needs mods to like continuously like enchant people. Uh, but what really I think sold Skyrim for me, and I'm sure for a lot of people, is the world and the world building. I could go pick up a kill a random bandit who was next to a bear for no particular reason, and loot his body, find a small crumpled note which could have been about his like uh, love letter to his I don't know, like mistress or something, and it would just be there. It would mean nothing. It would have no impact on the story. It would have no impact on anything. Like five steps after I took away from the bear, the dead bear, but. But the fact that there is a world out there with that much detail really draws you in because it's, the world building part is really important for me to understand that there is more than just the main quest in the whole world of Skyrim or the more than just the fight between uh, like the two factions in the whole world of Skyrim. Smaller details like these and it just makes the whole experience so much more. So nice if, I'm, the smaller if, I'm, if I'm distilling it correctly for you, it was the, the immersion came from the fact that the world was so fleshed out outside of the main quest. Or the main yeah. goal of the game, right? Yeah, that there is something else happening in the whole world of Skyrim, besides me trying to kill Alduin. And the which, mechanics yeah. of the game itself? The mechanics are fine. I would say like, um, it's really hard to have an all-encompassing mechanic that can handle every single thing you can do in Skyrim. Skyrim gives so much more flexibility in what you can do and what you can eat, in what you can like combine. I think what Witcher you can would beg to differ, but. Witcher it's, 3 Wild Hunt would back to Oh, it. yes, of course. Uh, I would, no, hmm, it's, how do that's you a hard, how, yeah, I'm kind of like, uh, the Witcher 3 gives you the same flexibility, I think. I wouldn't know if it's better, but then, I mean, the Witcher has, did the come Witcher in at 3, a later generation. Wild Hunt, in my opinion, and um, okay, mine, mine is a very limited opinion when it comes to RPGs, but uh, in terms of combat, 
Butcher Three Wild Hunt took it to a next oh. level. Oh, hell! I think oh. I think I think the combat itself makes it more accessible to players like me, who are more action oriented. Mm, and the I traversal itself. Okay. The traversal itself, it's 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 fun to traverse in in Witcher Three Wild Hunt. <laughs> you, it's exactly what you said about uh, this thing, uh, like Legend of Zelda. Uh, there was there were phases in the game when I was playing Witcher Three where I just took Roche and went on a ride across the islands of Skellige, or just just looking at the beauty of the whole thing. I didn't do anything. I just rode yeah, across and, looking at the light. And frankly, the weather weather system in Witcher Three mm, is phenomenal. Yeah. Right. I'm, There's only one mm-hmm. comparison to it, or which is which blows it out of the water. But I'll come to that later. But Vishnath, I wanna I wanna hear your opinion about uh, Skyrim or any RPG that's truly like stunned you. Um, any RPG that's truly stunned me. So for me, uh, I mean, since you know you've spoken about Witcher and Harry spoken about the Elder Scrolls series, I want to talk about Mass Effect. Oh, I can actually talk about either Mass Effect or Dragon Age, really. But yeah. No, and and before you talk about Mass Effect, I wanna I wanna tell a quick little small story. I would remember Vishwanath on a Saturday, which was our holiday in uh, when we were working in in uh, the data science company. Music would have his Mass Effect open in his Windows Surface, which really isn't meant for gaming, but he made it. (laughs) All right. Yes. And he he played through that game, man. Committed hundred percent. He gave that game. I I mean, I never I never like found the appeal, but I could tell this this game meant something. It did. It absolutely did. And um, Mass Effect did mean something because of uh, like what Harry said in terms of like the world being something that lives and breathes. Uh, by the time you hit Mass Effect 3, you kind of become like, I mean, the world lives and dies by your actions. But in Mass Effect 1, which, you know, was what drew me to the series, the fact that the world is living and breathing outside of you, and the fact that while you're walking down the citadel, you could stop and overhear people having a conversation. Okay, and so like, side note, side, yeah. so a quick, quick inter- interjection. I think you made a really interesting point. And I want to get both of your opinions real quick on this before we move on with uh-huh. your story. Is do you prefer a world which is dependent, or you know, which where where you have maximum influence, or would you rather live in a world, or you know, in the, in a video game sense, where your influence is there but it doesn't affect how the rest of the world works? The latter, probably the latter. It's so much more interesting. Actually, the latter. Well, the way I phrased it obviously makes sense. Yes. Like, everyone says the latter. Right? <laughs> <laughs> there was a no contest. Us, I'm, I'm sorry I interrupted your story. Please go ahead. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's fair. Um, and no, you're not entirely off because for some gamers, the idea that the world exists beyond just you, it can be a little off-putting. And that's, but anyway, um, and the fact that in the Mass Effect, you can hear this conversation and they stop and say, why are you uh, eavesdropping on us? Like that sort of a thing is just such a hugely immersion building yeah, it's like, move on, move on, you creep. Yeah, exactly, basically. <laughs> yeah, I get that, man. I, I, yeah. I, I get that. I, I'm personally of the opinion that uh, I'd rather be a nobody in the world mm-hmm. trying to do somebody, uh, who's trying to do something. And mm-hmm. I think that would be a lot more fun to play rather than be this super important... Chosen uh, one. Yeah, where the whole game revolves around you. Which is where Watch Dogs fucked up, in my opinion. 
I have Watch Dogs 2, but I haven't like, really played it. I played, I played, I played Watch Dogs 2. I didn't play Watch Dogs 1 too much. But the problem mm-hmm. with Watch Dogs 2, right, despite all its hacking and all that, it just, it, it, it's unfortunate that it seems like the world revolves around you. And that's not how, that's how what the game should be. It, I mean, by the mere mechanics of the game, you should be this complete nobody who is able to hack, do things and just move on with the, with, uh, with their life. But, uh, but uh, okay, now this brings me to, this actually brings me to one gaming experience uh, that's come to me in the last month that has truly, truly uh, reinvigorated my my you know appeal for gaming itself mm-hmm. which is flight simulator 2020 oh and I, I thought you might like that i don't know if you guys have played it yet but if you haven't i got to say you guys are missing out on on the next gaming experience of this world i got to tell you and i'm i, I mean i was very skeptical before i got the game and i played it but mm-hmm. now that I've played it and I, I do a flight, I crash land every two days. <laughs> so, I kid you not. Uh, I, I will say I'm a little surprised that you were skeptical because, and this is for, you know, a sidebar, but I remember Gautam playing games as Dallas Truck Simulator and Tram Simulator. You know, I've, I've always been a simu- I've, I've, I've always been a simulator nut. I was, I was, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more, you know, concerned about what you guys think more than me. I know that I would love this game. For me, it was like... No, like when you said I was skeptical initially, like, oh, so you meant skeptical. Yeah, I was skeptical. I was skeptical about like, because when I read the initial reviews, uh-huh. everyone was like, yeah, oh, wow, this just blows it out of the water. And uh-huh. you know, it's, it's like nothing else. I was like, yeah, okay, it's a game. You know, it's going to be graphically great and all that. But here's what's different. Right. Two things that make it really, really different than any other flight simulator I've played. One thing is the, the, the planes, I don't know how to explain this, but the planes have a weight to them, mm. you know, which you, which the other flight simulators, they, they try to simulate, but here it actually feels like they have a weight to them. And the second and the most important, which changes everything is the weather and flight simulator 2020, like no other game, I won't even say simulator, no other game simulates weather the most in the most realistic manner possible like even if you pull from real weather sources exactly that's that's so that's one thing that that's one thing that makes it really robust is the fact that you can have real time weather but the second thing that makes it really robust is the, the simulation itself the whatever the math that went behind creating even if you add like say 10% wind that day the fact that your plane wobbles a little the minute you take off I mean, those things you can't, you can't write off, you know? I mean, that game has truly blown my mind. And uh, in my opinion, that is a natural progression. And that's of all the sciences that we've talked about so far, right? Mm-hmm. Like data science itself and, you know, you're, you're streaming real world content into a game. You're blurring lines on another level. Uh, I wanna, I wanna get your your thoughts on that. Like, what do you think is like now? Now that that's possible, now Flight Simulator has proven that at least that fundamental part is possible. What do you think is going to be the next? Uh, how do we stream real world data into 
into a next gaming experience it's a hard question it's i'm i'm yeah. i understand if you need to take like a minute wow my mic was like elsewhere sorry that's um so uh, so i thought about this a while back i mean like uh, what would make a game like let's say the witcher 3 even more spectacular right and uh, the answer came to dlc's which i haven't played yet don't destroy me for it i'm waiting for the right time to really enjoy the witcher but uh, shut up uh, <laughs> so uh think about it this way uh what if you didn't need dlc's and the game organically built itself i'm talking about like no man's uh, sky exactly but uh, but also oh. with uh, but also with a plot a you world a procedurally generated plot plus environment yes and the thing is i mean uh, yeah pretty much i mean what if the witcher 3 wrote itself can you think of a situation that yeah we, i mean i i totally get that and i think that's where we're moving towards we're not there yet and we yes. could be there in terms of like uh, the external world that we've talked about we just discussed in terms of like the world that exists outside of the main quest or the ones that is the decided events in the world those those, those events could be uh, generated by an ai or a machine learning uh, algorithm mm-hmm. and it could be phenomenal there are chances that 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 itself would be beyond beyond uh, whatever a human could think of yeah but also uh i guess the point that i was trying to make is like the amount of tech that is there and scattered but just not combined into one single game for example okay here are my here are my examples right the first one is going to be the witcher 3 the just the general world of things the depth to each character like i could somehow even their npcs who are shoppers you know shopkeepers i like the shopkeepers i like the fact that they were voice acted well there there was some bit of character no matter how small no matter how insignificant in the whole game it was there now let's combine that with the nemesis system that there in uh, uh shadow uh, of mordor shadow of mordor shadow of war to be even more specific because that game, i'm playing the game now it's amazing it's total fun uh, but shadow of war now we have a nemesis system that's organically like building up your enemies that are coming in Uh-huh. now uh, let's look at the, and the environment no man's sky we already talked you already mentioned that no man's sky is already building randomized generations with some logic of course on what kind of worlds are out there how the universe expands and now recently an article that i was reading on gpt3 which could almost write an entire article by itself a machine learning model a deep learning model that could write an article by itself but and to the point where i was all i could almost see that it was a not the best written worded article but at the same time it was also a it's interesting you bring up gpt3 because uh, i recently had a conversation with about that with a professor of mine and he had some uh, actually you know what we'll we'll get into that later but yeah. he had a very uh, very specific uh, uh, you know uh, but i mean he had flaws to pick with gpt3 oh, we yeah. we know we're close to to you're talking about natural language processing at a level where we're generating content that is yep not only consumable but also enjoyable at a human level yep we are not close to that yet at oh, least in my opinion not. yeah yeah I, 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 we're not close to that at all i mean like i agree i'm i and i haven't really got into natural language processing as much as i've got into images but the fact that the tech is already out there and it's like now going to be heavily invested in because natural language processing is the next big thing in industry 
then I, I don't really doubt that maybe in the next decade or two, we're going to have a powerful system that can, that can construct stories that we can. Yeah. <laughs> but man, you bring up, you bring up a super interesting aspect of that, you know, like, like all, all the, then all game developers do is build these systems and just let these systems uh, do their magic. Right. I mean, if we look at the way No Man's Sky works, I don't think that's true, Gautam, because game developers still have to put some real... I don't know if you've read the behind the scenes for No Man's Sky, but they still put a lot of thought into, okay, we build these procedural worlds, but how do we still make them fun for our players? Yeah, I know. That's what a game developer's job uh, shift to. To be honest, I haven't... I've never been sold on No Man's Sky, so I... Oh. Not really, because because one thing I know, it's it's more of a... It's it's always been. I've always got the impression that it's a bit of a grind to get it through is. No Man's Sky, and I played it. It's, it's not bad. It's it's small. It's an interesting concept. I was playing it last week. Uh-huh. Uh But I will. But for me, I think while it's while it creates a world that's, that's that looks ridiculous sometimes, that looks too colorful sometimes for me, it does get a bit monotonous in the sense that I'm starting to understand. I won't be able to expect what's coming up next. But I know like uh, it's just an exploratory game. So all I have is at times I just feel like I just have eye candy. So you, you, know you feel I mean. you feel the grind as well, right? You have to yeah. collect minerals for your fuel or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I can't I I can't I can't speak like I know the game too much. I've only played it like very limitedly, but when it was free. Um, for me it's almost <laughs> like that's kind of like remember we spoke about do you want to be just a character in the world or do you want to be somebody whom the world revolves around? Yeah. I mean, No Man's Sky is almost like the ultimate expression of you just being a person in this vast cosmos. And I mean, maybe they emulated that feeling a little too well, though, because I can imagine how it's like a little boring to keep, you know. Yeah, but to, but to combine, combine the multiple things that we've talked about, multiple areas we've talked about, in that case, you want to enjoy your traversal or enjoy your movement across this world, right? Mm. No Man's Sky did not provide that to me. Like, oh, okay. It felt okay. okay. I had a bit of a jetpack where I could jump mountain to mountain, not even mountain to mountain. I could jump like small hump to small hump initially. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Later it's, very less, uh, it's very underpowered. It's very underpowered in the beginning. Yeah. I, I'm sure it later progressed to me doing much more prolonged flights. But like, I mean, it didn't provide that joy of traversal, which is very, very important as a, mm-hmm. as a player. You want to give that initial joy. And then, and then enhance that in ways that the person did not think. It's a hard, mm. like I'm, 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 I'm stating it as if it's easy. It's not. It's a very hard uh, problem to solve for any game developer. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, the thing about No Man's Sky is that they, I want to credit where credit's due. It was an ambitious undertaking and they achieved it to a large extent. They gave you that ability to literally travel between planet to planet, which was insane. I mean, not heard of right before that. I mean, heard of in the small scale, but, but, uh, but I want to, I want to quickly get your opinions on what are your top upcoming games that you're really looking forward to. Vishwanath, anything that specifically upcoming. Yeah. Ooh, okay, that's a little bit harder because I'm not keeping up with next-gen games. Mm. Okay, then uh, what what game do you want to like quickly jump into and play? 
like I mean, this is a very old game, so it's not even uh, you know, it's not even upcoming. But near Automata, something which I bought because it was on sale. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, near Automata just because I've heard that it's got a killer story. Uh-huh. And I mean, the guy who made it, Yokotaro, is like a real author in gaming, and he's created this game that's supposed to change between multiple different genres. One minute it's a hack and slash, one minute it's an RPG, one minute it's a bullet hell. And the fact that there's a good reason for shifting between these, that just makes it very... So I've, I've heard a lot about Nier Automata. Yeah. Uh, you, Harry, what's your mm. uh, upcoming... Is it uh, it's, it's been around, so you won't see a trailer of it yet, but it's Dragon Age, the next one. I haven't seen and, it yet, no. Oh, the, the trailer hasn't been out yet. And Dragon Age is like near and dear to my heart because I, I found Dragon Age Origins when it wasn't even popular. And I kept shouting out at the top of my lungs, like, who plays Dragon Age Origins? And I never got anyone. People just stare at me weird. Then Dragon Age 2 and 3 came and everybody like realized this was like solid gem. And what I like about the game is it's not like The Witcher. It's not, um, it's, it's not, it, Dragon Age 3 never really made me think like this, I can just, I just want to walk around on my horse or something and just look at things. Or even the characters didn't have as much depth as uh, Witcher 3. But like shopkeepers, for example, I never felt that involved with any of them. But the story is always, it always got me gripping. Like it always ended with an insane twist sometimes. It, it, it's, like, it's like watching a Netflix episode. You know that it's going to end at a small plot point that's going to make you want to press the next button. <laughs> So and that's and so I'm like excited because Dragon Age 3 ended at an amazing note. I won't spoil it for people listening, nor Vishnath who hasn't played it yet, yet. And um, mm-hmm. so it's the next game that I'm really looking forward to. It's gonna come in epic graphics. I don't know how they're gonna change the mechanics because the mechanics has changed, I think three times in Dragon Age in across its three games. Third time's like pretty good, but the first one was the best. Is but, it a console exclusive or is it on PC as well? Oh, it's on PC. It's always PC, been on PC. Right. It yeah. comes on consoles, but I would recommend PC any day. Because PC is better. PC Master Race. Which actually brings me to the last question I had regarding gaming itself, which was... Uh-huh. Uh, this, is, this is probably the hardest question for any of us to answer. Your preferred platform. Go. Oh, PC. Boy. Any day. Die, console um, people. Die. I, I, I you know, like, I have to... Wrong. before. Can I go first, Vishnu? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Because I want to disagree with uh, Harry, not because I don't agree with his assessment about PC being greatest, which I think it is because in terms of sheer power, sheer output of uh, experience itself, PC is frankly the the greatest. It's that because of the monopoly uh, diopoly, to be honest, that we have in oh. the in the console industry of the Xbox and PS. We have so many exclusives that are just missing and more in the PS than the Xbox because anything that comes to Xbox eventually comes to PC. But man, I haven't played any Uncharted game. God of War, I only played God of War 4 because my uh, roommate had a PS4 and I played God of War and I missed out on all the other God of Wars. I mean... The fact that the, it's not that they have exclusives. It's the fact that these exclusives are uh, genre-defining games and are really yeah. the, the epitome of those, uh, of gaming itself, in a sense. Yes. Uh, it upsets me that I don't have that experience as a PC owner, which makes me think that I cannot afford to be 
to have my loyalties to one platform alone. I need to invest in, and, and more, most likely I would invest in a PS5 because I think the ex- their exclusive game is so much stronger than anyone else's. But that's my opinion. I want to hear yours when it comes to platforms. Um, so for the reasons which you listed, I actually did invest in a PS4. Um, I think in the current generation, the PS, like the kind of games they have just knocks everything else out of the park. Uh, they have phenomenal exclusives. Um, next generation, because of Microsoft's acquisition of Zenimax, I'm a little bit more, I mean, you know, it's up in the air as to what's going to happen. Oh. But in this generation, I think uh, the PS is the console to be on if you want killer story-driven or like even mechanic-driven games. And if you are willing to sacrifice a little bit of graphical fidelity. Is it just this generation? You don't think the next generation will have that? I mean, with the Zenimax acquisition, it's up in the air, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, which games are affected by that? You know? The entirety of Bethesda's uh, line. <laughs> Bethesda's every every game in its line. <laughs> Just imagine. The Elder Scrolls fan base is now right there. Dude, uh, I mean, Dishonored is affected by that uh, particular... Dishonored oh, yeah. is affected by... Yeah. But to be honest, right? I mean, it would be very stupid of, uh, of uh, Microsoft to forego that entire... Uh, yeah, the revenue stream, because, I mean, it makes no sense, right, for them to just give up on, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know. It's a, this is a question that we probably not have an answer to for a while. Yeah, I mean, only time will tell. Like, apart from that, anybody who is making a prediction is either it's speculating. Yeah, it's speculating, speculating at this point. I mean, there's no, there's no hard and fast uh, answer to any of this right now. There's, and they, they can't be. We won't know this. We are at a very, that's this is what I keep telling people, you know, we are at a very exciting time when it comes to uh, gaming and the gaming industry itself. And you need to, you need to, you need to get on board right now. Yeah. Start but, gaming uh, everyone. But Harry, um, we didn't, we didn't get to you, man. So you, you, you are quick to say PC, but uh, is there anything else that you'd like to bring to that? Fine. Console exclusives. I would still go for a PS5 anyway because um, yes, exactly my what man and the um, winner of this podcast, Sri. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always the winner. <laughs> like you don't have to announce it. People just know when Lord Hurry enters the podcast. But <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so this uh, anyway. But thoughts on that? I mean, one the uh, uh, while you uh, you are talking about exclusives, but I'm also like I was I want to touch on consoles being used to stream games as opposed to having discs. Uh-huh. Whether if you guys have been following that. Like the digital yeah. PS5 and the... Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's something that excites me because now we're reaching internet speeds that are, that can handle it. And the amount of data science, the amount of like processing and engineering that goes into streaming games and having a dedicated hardware to just play for that. I would I would actually invest in like hardware like that just because, well, I like tech like that and two, because of the games that come into play. Uh, I, I don't know. Have any of you guys uh, tried the new streaming services? For example, Xbox is streaming, or I've tried. Uh, I've tried uh, PS PS Now. Oh, how is it? It's okay. It's not bad. There's definitely uh, there's definitely some latency when it comes to uh, some game. I didn't play a lot, to be honest. I got mm-hmm. their free trial. I tried it for like a week. 
Um, it was okay, but I wouldn't say it's a it's an optimal experience. There was def- I definitely experienced some issues in terms of latency. Uh, guys, my net broke there for a bit. What? Uh, which service are we talking about? Uh, yes, just no. talking about like uh, cloud cloud uh, gaming itself. Okay. So Vishnar that, cannot buy a streaming platform. But sure. but you bring up an interesting point, Harry, which is that eventually, and and it's true. You know, this is a matter of time more than anything else. Is the fact that we are all moving towards a a cloud based game. I mean, it's 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 just a matter of time. Internet is more accessible. The faster it becomes, the more it makes sense for us to move towards cloud gaming because it takes away, and a subscription model is the most lucrative model for any industry. I hate that. I know. Yeah. I, hate that. <laughs> I, I I hate it too. But if you were one of these evil corporate giants, which one of us is bound to become, <laughs> one of us is bound to become. What makes sense? It makes sense to have these subscription models. You you secure your income. I hate. I man. I hate to sound like this corporate, but but think about it. No, it, makes, it makes economical sense to. To do that, yeah, that's why Microsoft moved to Office 365. Um, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. But you can still buy previous Office Office licenses. But, yeah, uh, you can. But I wanna, I wanna. I mean, we are we are nearing the end of a of a very lovely podcast. I have to say, I've I've really enjoyed talking to you guys. Thank you so much for investing this time and having this chat, despite the fact that we have had some questionable background noises. Oh. Um, that would be mostly me <laughs> but uh, but thank you i'm going to stop this recording now but i'd like you guys to stay on so that i can say goodbye uh, yeah, and totally. yes going to stop recording <laughs>